0: If we don't, there's someone that loves you, that wishes there's something there's, that, 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 that there's something about you that needs to change. We all have things we need to improve on. Uh, none of us are perfect, despite what we tell our kids, despite what we tell our wives. None of us know everything. We, we all need to improve ourselves. And so what we've been talking about is how, how do we go about making positive life change in our, in our lives? And And, you know, certainly that's a part of spirituality certainly that that is what god has for us he set a standard and said hey i have the best for you and and if you're let's be on a journey together so that you can get the the most potential out of how i created you to be but but even if you're not that into the faith even if you're not sure about the whole jesus thing and and god you still want to do better with your life. I mean, it's just a basic human need that we want to improve. And so what we've been talking about, we've been, sort of been addressing that from different places. And of course, we're taking a slant that, that God needs to be a part of that. Uh, I, I'd be cheating you if you came to church and didn't hear about God. I mean, go to the Elks Lodge if you wanted to hear something else, but, but it seems it'd be a surprise to you. But we, we, we believe that, that God's a part of that. And so what we've talked about so far is number one, we need a plan and we need to be disciplined in that. That, that, that you can't just be lazy and expect to have something good happen. That you can't keep doing the same old things and expect new results. That we, we need plans. And that God is, is actually, that's one of the ways he helps us. That's one of the promises in the scripture is in our weakness, he gives us strength that when we don't know where to go, that he can open a, a path to us. And so uh, we talked about disciplining ourselves, opening ourselves up to God, listening for his voice, listening for, for his direction. Then last week, I talked about uh, the need for accountability. And it, whether you're doing physical uh, workouts, or it just helps to have a partner. It helps to have a buddy. And uh, we talked about the need for good friends and, and that a good friend isn't somebody who always just tells you how great you are, that sometimes a good friend uh, tells you, hey, you're acting like a jerk. Or sometimes a good friend pulls you out of a bad situation and wakes you up to the, the wrong direction you're going. And we talked about how relationships are hard and they're risky. And in our society, it's so easy to get isolated and sort of withdraw from that. And, and if you've been in relationships where you've been hurt, it's really easy to sort of pull back and not wanna do that again. And we, we, we were trying to encourage you to sort of take that risk, that the reward is better than the risk. And, and I've actually been amazed this week of how many of you have, have told me that that was something you needed to hear, that something that you struggle with. And I guess it's not really surprising because of the way our culture is. Because we do everything by email and phone and we're we, we just running everywhere, we just don't really connect. And there is a need within us to have friendships. And, and, uh, and so um, uh, I'm glad that something I said resonated with some of you, that, uh, that, it, that, that need that we do need to connect with, with one another. Well, what I want to talk to you about this week Is is who do you count on? To to help you, it, you know, if if you have a, if you had a resolution, uh, or have one, um, well, we'll embarrass you. If if you had a resolution and have failed already, raise your hand. Okay. If you've never failed in your resolution yet, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're gonna fail, right? That's a part. Of it. So, how how do, who do you rely on for that? Who do who do you rely on when when things get tough? Who do you rely on when when you need encouragement? Who do you where do you where do you sort of put your trust? And another way of saying it is, what's your motivation for change? Who who are you trying to please? Are, are you doing something because? There's pressure on you from an outside source. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it trying to make someone else happy? Are you doing it trying to make yourself happy? What's the motivation? Who do you rely on? Who's, what's the pivot point in your life? And for some of you, that, that answer would be, hey, when it comes down to it, my spouse is, is the one I count on. We've been together for a long time. We're, we know one another. When it gets hard, I know they'll be there for me for others it's my mom or my dad my parents man they they have bailed me out of some hard situations they are always there for me or my friend we just talked about friends hey my friend was the the is the one that they i mean they've seen me through some tough times all of us have an idea of somebody we can rely on and all of those things i mentioned and all the other relationships in our life those are good they are very good Friends that you can count on those are great. A, sp- a spouse that you can count on that, that's good. Kids or, or parents, those are good. But my question is, have you ever been disappointed by any of those? And the answer is, yeah. You know why? Because they're human. They make mistakes. they're going to fall short. It's not that they're bad to to have in relationship. It's not that they're bad to to count on, but to ultimately pivot your life around them. There's some good answers, and then there's an awesome, all-encompassing answer. My question for you is, do you want to settle for good, or do you want awesome in your life? The awesome choice doesn't change. The awesome choice doesn't wake up in a grumpy mood. He doesn't get his feelings hurt. He doesn't, he doesn't change his mind today or tomorrow whether he wants to be with you. He knows everything about you and loves you anyway. He's got a, he's, he, he wants to be in relationship. He wants to be able to share everything with you. He's the one that puts you together. The awesome choice is is God. Part of the frustration that we have in life is sometimes we get things out of pivot, out of of whack. And when we try to put something in the middle of our life, when we try to make the pivot point in our life something other than what's best, we end up with a lopsided wheel. I want you to picture in your mind a bicycle wheel, okay? And you got the, the hub in the middle, and then you got the spokes going out, and if they're all... Equal, done right, the wheel's balanced and round and rolls smoothly, okay? Well, for, the, for what the, the scriptures teach about life is, in order to have a smooth, balanced life, what you need is God needs to be the center point there. He needs to be the, the pivot point. And then all the relationships have the right perspective from that. You don't get any of them too important or, or out of whack. And when all that happens, your life rolls along the way it's supposed to. It goes much smoother. But what happens if one spoke protrudes or five or six spokes protrude Then the wheel, and that's the way a lot of us feel we go through life, isn't it? And part of the reason is because we try to put something in place of God. And what I want to talk to you about is why I think God deserves that place and not someone else. Number one, the other people in your life can't handle the pressure or the burden of being God. They can't even take care of their own life, let alone yours, right? Even your spouse. Have a loving relationship. Count on one another. Stand back to back with one another. But do not put the pressure on your spouse of having to fulfill you. I know it's romantic in Jerry Maguire. To be completed by your soulmate and all that kind of... Bull. You You are not completed by another person. You can be connected. You can support one another, but do not put the pressure on another person to complete you. That's codependence. It's unhealthy. Do not put that pressure on your kids to fulfill you. Just because every dream you had as a child did not come true, it is not your kid's job to live those fantasies out for you. They are not living out your wasted dreams. Allow them the space to be themselves. Do not put the pressure on them to, to fulfill your dreams for them. Do not do that to your friends. Don't do that to... Those are all out-of-whack spokes. And it not only makes your life go crooked, it screws up theirs, too. There's only one person that we can count. There's one person that, that can bear the weight of all the anxiety and fear and worry and need and brokenness. There's only one place. There's only one person that can handle that. And his name is Jesus Christ. It's God. And, and throughout the scriptures, you get a picture of, of a foundation, of this rock. You, you hear that Jesus is my rock, that He's my anchor, that He's my cornerstone. All of these images that create this, this idea of someone that you can hook onto and hold on to. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to take a couple scriptures and just sort of expound on that idea. All right? Uh, we're in Proverbs, and, and the first one is one that, that is a, you see on a lot of refrigerators or stuff. It's a, it's a great verse. It's a favorite verse for a lot of folks. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is a little different version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Go ahead and leave that up. We're going to just talk through this a little bit. The first thing is, if you've been coming to this church at all, and, and we, we, this, is how, this is the thing we fashion, every, or we try to fashion everything we do off of. The great commandment when Jesus was asked, what is the great, how do you sum up the whole law of what we're supposed to do to please God? He said two things, love God and love your neighbor. You know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, this is sort of a, a takeoff of that. Love and trust go together. You know, you know what religious word we use all the time that has to do with trust? It's faith. And and so a lot of times we these religious words take on new meaning for us and everything, and we, we we use them for everything. We forget what they really mean. What what faith really means is the, the ability to trust God. And I want to ask you: in any loving relationship, spouse, kids, can you really have love without? trust can you really have love without trust true love is about being able to fully trust someone part of the intimacy in marriage that is that is what you hope for part of the intimacy in marriage is that your 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 spouse will love you enough that even when you fall short even when you uh, disappoint them even when you tell them the deepest darkest fears of your your life that they're going to still be there for you. That they're still going to they're they're still going to honor that relationship. In Boy Scouts, we used to do this, and we did it in youth group and stuff too. That you ever done a trust fall? Corporate people do it all the time too. It, it's, it's it's sort of a risky thing to do with youth groups because they think it's funny to watch the kid crack his head on the cement, but. But you, you, you stand and you have people lined up and, and you're supposed to just, you know, lean back and allow them to, to catch you. And, and it's that sort of just falling into their arm. That's a good picture of, of, of what it means to trust, to trust God. To, to just sort of, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I'm not sure where the path is. I'm not sure what you want me to do fully. I'm not, I'm not sure what, uh, what, consequence, what path I might be on, but I trust you enough that I'm going to put my life on into your hands. I trust you enough that I'm going to lean into you. What it says is don't lean on your own understanding, and, and we've talked about this over and over. We don't do good at managing our own lives. We fool ourselves. We, we, we make mistakes. We, we spend all our lives chasing a dream. We get there and realize, man, that wasn't a very good dream to be chasing. We, we spend all this effort and thing trying to climb a, a, a corporate ladder, and we get to the top of the ladder, and wow, it's lonely here. We, we fill our house with possessions and everything to, to try to, to fill a need, and we get all this stuff, and then we just wish somebody would come and move all the stuff. For us And your kids wish that somebody would move it all for you before you die, and they have to move it for you. We don't do a good job of managing our lives. When we rely on our own understanding, I'm I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say when I rely on my own understanding, I screw things up all the time. I am not good at managing my life, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't think I'm the only one that makes that mistake. There are things, when I read some stuff in the scriptures, it makes me go, what? I don't understand it all. There's lots of questions I have about faith. There's lots of questions I have about God. But the one thing that I've learned is that I can trust him. That even though sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, even though I don't know how to connect all the dots, even though I'm not sure how it all fits together, I'm not relying on my understanding. I'm relying on the fact that he's proved himself faithful to me over and over. And so in those in those gaps, I'm willing to just sort of do the trust fall and say, hey, I might end up making a fool of myself. And if I get paid to stand up and talk about faith and I'm telling you I've got a lot of questions about it, if I get paid to study my scriptures and I'm telling you that There's a lot of questions I don't have answered. Do you think it's maybe okay if you have some of those? That's our next sermon series. Come back two weeks from now, you'll start hearing about that. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be willing to lean on Him. Who can you count on? Who can you lean into? Who will support the weight of your problems? Like I said, don't put that burden on your spouse. Don't put it on your kids. Don't put it on your friends. It, they, they can be God's instruments to help what he wants to do. And that's the concept with Christianity is we become the hands and feet of God. That the more tuned in to God we can be, we get to participate in helping him share his love and his strength with others. For instance, if someone in, in your friend group loses their spouse, you, you cannot take that problem away. You cannot bear that problem. But when you reach out to them in love and offer, offer to take them out for dinner, offer to send a card, you pray for them, there's a way where God takes that little thing you're doing and uses that to support them. Trust in the Lord. Lean into Him. Don't rely on your own plan. Rely on Him. Lean into Him. Then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and I just want to talk about this a little bit. How do we acknowledge God? One of the main questions I get asked by folks when they, when they want to visit with me is, how do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know what I'm supposed to do tomorrow? And if I had the great answer for that, I would have written the book and I would have been rich by now. But I don't know the full answer, but... But here's here's a journey towards the answer. We have to learn how to acknowledge God in our lives. We have to learn how to recognize Him and invite Him in and acknowledge His presence. Not just when we need something, but at all times. Here, here's my, my word picture for you on that one. Y'all do something in Texas that we didn't do in, in Colorado. And you, you do it all the time. And... And you see it more out here than you do in the city. You're in the car. You're driving down the road. And a vehicle's approaching you. And as it gets there, right? You didn't, I never saw that in Colorado. If you saw one finger go up, it meant something else. But you do that all the time out here. And, you know, if you're in Austin, you're a hippie weirdo. Then you go like that. But, you know, but you're just driving down and it's not nothing. And, and you can, if you get way out, in, like Sydney's in Abilene. So if you go West Texas, then it's not, that takes too much energy. It's just. <laughs> but there's this acknowledgement of, hey, there's someone else on the road. Hey, it just, it and it and and I started thinking, you know what? Something that simple, how might it change our lives if we could do something that simple to to acknowledge God in our lives? Not a lot of effort or, I mean, to start with, what if we could just simply throughout our day find ways to say, hey, God. Yeah, I, I, I recognize your blessing there. Hey, you, you you helped me out through that problem, didn't you? What if we could just find ways to acknowledge God? How might that change the way we we go through life? I mean, we we try to make Christianity so hard because then it makes us feel better when we're Christians and someone else. It's not because oh well, I've done the hard. Jesus did the hard work. You just reap in the benefits, right? It doesn't have to be hard. It just takes commitment. If we could just acknowledge him. Are you aware of the many blessings that, that surround you? That You have opportunities every second. I mean, where you live. People vacation here. They pay a lot of money to come here and vacation. The, the place... The, The kids you have, the relationships you have, the jobs you have, the country you live in. We have so much to be thankful. There's a hundred opportunities a minute for us to go, hey, thanks, God. How might that change you if you learned how to acknowledge God? And not just when you recognize something, but when you need something. I've got a decision I've got to make. Hey, God, I need your help. I don't know exactly how to get that help, but I just—I'm telling you, I, I'm recognizing you got power, and I'm—I'm I'm giving you the—the the opening. If you got some direction, you got some way to communicate that to me. Help me. Acknowledging him. And what does what does this say? If we're willing to trust him, because it takes some trust to open your life to somebody. And ultimately, that's what God wants from us. This will be shocking to a lot of you that grew up in other in church and you heard a different message that God was up there just waiting for you to make a mistake and he was keeping tally marks and, and, and the more tally marks you got then the worse miserable your life was going to be because you were going to have to do a whole lot of good to erase those tally marks before, before you could earn your you know what God primarily wants is a relationship with you that's what the whole thing is about he loves you. He wants a relationship. He just wants you to love him, which is what trust is about. That's what he wants. And he says if you can learn to love me, if you can learn to trust me, if you're willing to acknowledge me, your life's going to roll smoother. Other other religious uh, karma, you know, whatever you want to call it, good fortune whatever you want to call it but you know what when you get the right pivot point your life rolls smoother one more verse haley 21 21 proverbs whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love okay if you in relationship to god if you want righteousness and unfailing love and and those those are two terms we get confused about, but righteousness, that's being right with somebody. That's having a right relationship of no animosity, no barriers. It's what we're supposed to have with God. It's what we're supposed to have with one another. If you can imagine a relationship where you had no guilt, no shame, where you didn't have any regret, where you, there was just a right relationship where you could just look each other in the eye and know everything is right. If every relationship in your life could be like that, imagine what that would be like. An unfailing love, that no matter what happened, that love would never go away. He says, if you want to pursue that, this is why you can trust God, because He doesn't turn the tables on you. He doesn't say, come to me, and I will screw you over. He says, come to me, and I will give you what you need. If you want righteousness and unfailing love, whoever pursues that will find life, righteousness, and honor. In other words, you come looking for something from God, and He not only gives you what you're looking for, but He gives you more than you can imagine. We come looking for answers. We come looking for fixes of our circumstances, but God says, hey, I'll help you in that, but I've got much more to give you. I've got everything for you. And if you just acknowledge me, I'm not just going to give you the little piece. I'll give you the whole thing we just got to get a pivot point right you know what you know when you take that pressure off of your spouse and your kids it makes that relationship better when you quit trying to be fulfilled through them when you take that when you take that pressure off yourself some of you when you were i was asking who do you rely on the answer was no one only myself that doesn't work either we got a couple psychologists. They'd be happy to take your money for counseling if you want to continue down that road. But when we get the right pivot point, things just go better. Call it coincidence. Call it what you will. From my experience, I call it the presence of God and his power available in my life. Why don't you bow with me and let's pray. Lord, thanks. Thank you for for caring for us. Thank you for for being willing to participate in our lives. And, and for a lot of us, we're, we're still trying to understand that more and more. I mean, we believe in you, but we haven't gotten to the place where we can trust you. We know that there's gotta be a God. I mean, we're still working on it. We just pray that you would, would help us on that journey. We know it doesn't make you mad that we're on that journey. We know it doesn't make you mad because we we still have questions. So would you you just help us? Would you give us more awareness of of how you participate with us each day? Would you give us more awareness of how we can lean into you, of how you won't disappoint us, how you're not going to move on us? God, would you help us to get the right pivot point so that it'll improve all our relationships? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.